Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Darren Bruce. The DJ Sessions executive producer is Darren Bruce. He is known to be one of the few people that has been able to bring a truly new and unique concept to the table. With vast years of experience in TV broadcasting and his diehard love for nightlife led him to the launch of the DJ Sessions. Mr. Bruce has worked in the film, broadcast, TV, internet, and distribution industry for 30 years and has now expanded his knowledge base to VR, AR, and XR distribution. His production schedule includes 12 events per month and over 40 interviews with DJ, producers, and electronic music professionals. His spontaneous broadcasts stream weekly from the rooftop, on location, silent disco, mobile, cab, and secret studio locations with up to 144 hours of unique programming a month. Well, good afternoon, Darren. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much for having me here, Brian. I'm super excited to talk with you today. Me too, because typically I'm chatting with a technologist or an executive out of Silicon Valley. But today I get to talk to somebody that's in advertising and doing a bunch of DJing and and podcasting yourself. So that's just so awesome. So thanks again, Darren, for making the time. You're welcome. All right. Well, Darren, we're going to jump right in here. We want to get your story out to our audience. You've got quite the career in media, broadcasting, operations. You were an assistant director. Now the amazing podcast interviewee and executive producer of the DJ Sessions. Could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you? One of the biggest secrets is that I have always been surrounded by technology. Ever since I was a young kid, my father bought the first video camera system you could get on the market. Not the first one, but it was 1979. I was like five years old. And here I am playing with this video camera. And he always lavished technology upon me. When the VCR would come in or the TV needed to be fixed or the cable needed to be fixed or the wireless phones (laughs) wanted to be hooked up, I was the guy that would get it or the kid that would get it and program and play with it. So Always being able to embrace technology in a way and not be afraid of it, I think is one of the secrets to my career growth. And what inspires me is that the changing of how fast technology changes and not getting left behind in it, moving all the way forward to my experience with working with for Apple and watching the iPod come out when I was in college and then watching the evolution of the iPod come out and getting to the video iPod, which we took full advantage of because I was producing broadcast television shows at that time, but then moving into the iPhone and where that's grown and then the smartphone industry is just that kind of an inspiration to me. Apple has been a huge inspiration to me as as well as companies like Nordstrom's. I'm a huge uh, customer service fan. I think when it comes to sales is one thing, customer service is, I think, supersedes sales. And I think that that is also a secret to my career growth is that I love customer service and putting smiles on people's faces. And the more smiles I see, the more inspired I get to make more content. That's awesome. So yeah, no, a great blend. I love your backstory there. And I know everybody will on this particular show week or this episode, because we talk about tech, of course, but then the whole thing about the customer experience, which is a whole nother thing that I get into on this podcast. So thank you so much. I was just going to say, everyone that I have on the show of mine is a customer. And you know, if I want them to come back on the show which we'll be talking about in a few moments, the DJ sessions, I want them to have a wonderful experience because they're going to go back to their PR agent or their booking manager, their manager, and the manager say, how was that experience? And they're going to say, I had a great time with Darren. And they're going to say, would you go on the show again? And they're going to say yes, which means they're going to now recommend their other clients to be on the show. So again, it's customer service really hits the heart. 
Absolutely. That's, you got to play the long game when it comes to that. So that's so awesome. So Darren, jumping into the next question here, you're one of the premier experts in broadcasting with a unique spin on interviewing top DJs and electronic music professionals. You've got over 2,400 episodes and counting. What inspired you to get into this space and what have you learned over the past 12 years? Well, we can jump the clock all the way back to 1992 when I graduated from high school. And my school that I was attending had the first ever video production class. And I took that class. And of course, having the experience of playing with video cameras for 13 years before that, (laughs) I got right out of school and I fell into working with a public access television show. And for eight years, I worked as, you could say, an over-glorified associate producer, but it was more of a production assistant. And then later in 2000, I had the opportunity to work on a broadcast pilot series. And I quickly went from production assistant to official associate producer of the show. And I got hooked. And I said, because there was no YouTube, there was no video outlets, there was no real video online. We had public access and broadcast television. And to get to broadcast television, there's a huge jump. You can't just take a videotape down to the studio, pop it in and say, that's my show. There's a lot of FCC regulations, money (laughs) takes to put a show on broadcast television. After working on that show for about a year, I broke away and decided to go produce my own TV series called Phantasmagoria and took the pilot in, pitched it to Fox, the local broadcast station, Fox here in in Seattle. And uh, they took it. And here we are. Now I'm a broadcast television producer. We took that series and spun off two more series out of that and then came back in 2005, rebranded, made eight new pilot series and got them approved on 13 stations on the West Coast called ITV or independent television. And now we're all of a sudden where we were a small operation. We're not trying to raise millions of dollars a quarter to put on this broadcast, these broadcast television series up and down the West Coast. And when I was invited to go down and sit with the head of the one of the vice presidents of Fox down at what most people know, the building, the Fox Towers down in, in L.A., which is also a.k.a. the Nakatomi building in Die Hard. He invited me down there and he got me in the, his office and he said the first words out of his mouth, he said, how did you get eight separate television shows approved on 12 network stations? That's what I do for a living. Because <laughs> he's the guy who sold Malcolm in the Middle in that 70s show to the West Coast. And so basically that just kept me going. But what I think really inspired me, because obviously raising millions of dollars a quarter as an independent production company, we weren't taking this to the studios. We weren't shopping it around. What really inspired me, what turned the tables was when I started working for Apple in 2005, I mentioned a few moments ago, is when that video iPod came out and we passed the YouTube route because we thought YouTube was going to be a bunch of people just YouTube talking to their cameras. It was not broadcast tube. It wasn't Hulu. It wasn't Netflix. You weren't selling series on YouTube at that time. But when that iPod came out, the video iPod came out, that was a surefire hit. And the funniest thing was, is that when they first came out, they had Steve Jobs always like to keep everything under wraps at Apple. And when they first came out, there were no videos on the iPods in the store. So what I did is I went around to all the iPods in the store and I loaded our pilot series of our eight shows on the store. So we could actually demo the video iPod. And that, I think, just turned the channel because we found that I could host my shows on a GoDaddy server for 15 bucks a month rather than raising millions of dollars. And at one point, we were doing 300,000 downloads a week of our show. But at the time, everyone was asking, how do you monetize a podcast? Nobody had ever really monetized it in that sense. So it was very interesting. But that was, the, I think, the key that inspired me to get into the digital 
distribution side of things, which then later led to the live streaming side of things and got me into being one of the top electronic music live streaming shows in the world. And what I've learned over the past 12 years, the big thing I've learned is patience. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine that is a lot of work, a lot of episodes, but I love the story, how you actually got that out there and really got the attention of a media executive like that. I think that's awesome. And of course, being innovative and and getting your video out there on those iPods, uh, get people to start to share and I guess, get into your podcast. I think one of the biggest things though, is that what's also been an inspiration is the people that I've met along the way that I've told, got to pitch my story to of what we do, what we're looking to do. And they're just get on board with us. Once we were actually one of the first featured video podcasts in the iTunes store when they made the podcast section, which we debuted at position 48 out of 50, and then eventually climbed to like position 21 or 22. And when we went live streaming, Ustream and Livestream both made us a featured live stream with their platform immediately after getting off the phone with them. They just loved my pitch and loved what we were doing. They could hear how passionate I was about this. And so when we moved over to Twitch, we were one of the first live featured partnered live streaming DJ shows with Twitch. And those to me are like winning an award. It's not an Oscar. It's not a Grammy. It's not nothing like that. But it's like you're having other business professionals recognize you in your field, hearing your inspiration, how, and how inspired you are. And they say, this is a surefire kid. I'm going to give this kid a chance. Love the story. Thanks again, Darren. Darren, this is what we talk about mainly here is if you're leveraging any of that new or emerging technologies in your platform at all, and if not, maybe you found a cool tool or app you might share with us. Actually, I got a few apps that I'll break down really quick. And I think the first tool that I would like to share is to give a shout out to the Hello Wolfie team. Uh, Hello Wolfie is a social media tool that allows you, like a Hootsuite, or not a Hootsuite, I'm trying to think of the yeah. other social media tools. They used to have Buzzsprout and, and Frogger, all these things. But it's a social media tool that basically lets you do all your social media in one place. And I can hit a button. I can send it to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. And I don't have to spend all the time. I can schedule it in advance. I can have teams. And I have my whole resident team of 18 DJs on my team. And I have their social media tied in. I can go into, and not only when I send to all my social media, I can send it to all their social media too. So all of our social media is being sent and the communication is standardized throughout everyone within the DJ sessions. Uh, I think that is a huge tool that could help a lot of people out, especially when they're trying to manage social media. And now the new one that just came out, the uh, threads, so threads just came out and managing this TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, threads, it can get, it, it can be, become overwhelming. So I first would give a shout out to Arjun and the Hello Wolfie team. They're awesome. Another tool that I believe is a, a phenomenal player in the game for live streaming is a company called Restream. I can take a feed in and do, we could be doing this podcast live and you could be sending it to Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, LinkedIn, a number of different places, which is just makes it nice for distribution because everyone has their flavor that they like to watch their favorite shows on. And if you can have somebody say, well, I only watch stuff on Mixcloud or I only watch stuff on Twitch or I only watch stuff on YouTube, you know, you can build a following, have it everywhere. Like when I said, coming from the, the television distribution world, is pulling teeth to get one station on board, let alone 12 stations on board. Now I can go, I can put it out there where everyone is online. And then it automatically records it and I can upload it to the podcast. The third company for podcasting, I would say, Podbean is a podcast 
hosting and distribution platform that makes it very easy to upload your episodes to with a click of the button, you can send it everywhere. And when you use your Podbean link to set up, say, your Apple podcast, your iHeartRadio podcast, all down the line of the 40 or 50 different podcast aggregators, if you update it in Podbean, it updates it everywhere else. And yeah, it, it's a great, I think those three tools have definitely led to the success of the DJ sessions. I appreciate the share. And you're right. There's so many different platforms, IT and standard. That's a standing joke for the last 40 years. And that's why they come up with these platforms to accommodate everybody that, that is on a different platform. So I appreciate your share. Darren, the last question of the evening here, can you share something from your career experience that would be helpful for those listening to looking for their career to grow in broadcasting? I was asked this question a lot in, in the beginning of the pandy. And the question was, I want to start a podcast. I want to start a live stream. How much money should I spend on getting involved with this? And I would say, spend what you got. You could use your phone to start doing a podcast. Most people, if they want to do audio podcasts, record from your phone, go to your local store. I say Radio Shack, but that just dated myself. <laughs> Buy a digital recorder for 99 bucks. Buy a decent microphone for 50, 60, maybe 100 bucks. Buy a pop screen. Just maybe a $100, $200 investment can just increase the production value of your podcast. If you're looking to go the video route, start with the video camera on your phone. Start with the camera on your computer. If you go back, I, I use this example, Gary Vaynerchuk, if you know the name, he did this podcast once a long time ago, and it was a history. As he was talking over the course of three or four minutes, up in the right-hand corner, there's a picture in picture of his podcast. And it started going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And it showed like a quick little blip of each one. It just kept going and going. You could see the change in quality of how he first started his podcast to what happened later when he's now millionaire making all this money. The things just start somewhere. Don't sit on it. Don't wait and really move forward and do it. The second piece of advice that I give is plan your show. Just like when I'm sitting right here, we had questions and or you had research you'd done on me and we know where we're going and, and don't make it an I don't know or a who, what, why, where, we, when. Get in depth with this. Research the person. Go to their website. Go to their social media. Every show that I do, an hour before I go live with a guest on the show, I am in their social media. I am in their website. I am on their Twitter. I'm in. I'm finding stuff and they'll go, how did you know about that? I'm like, oh, we got our researchers. Well, that's me doing the research, but just be interesting. If you want to talk about cars, okay, you could talk about cars in general. But if you want to talk about Ferraris, go research and find Ferrari experts. And you can knock on their door. People are out there. They love talking about what they love, but just make sure it's interesting. So I think those two things is just start with something and make sure you're researching and, and making your content interesting. That's awesome. Thank you. And you're absolutely right. I think when I started out doing this about three years ago, I found that after about 12 episodes, I felt like a pro. It was easy. So I appreciate the share on that. And Darren, it was a pleasure having you on this evening. And I look forward to speaking with you real soon. It was a pleasure being here. And thank you very much. I had a great time, Brian. Bye for now. <laughs> 